Hysterical people, I'm so excited today to welcome Octavia Etheridge to the podcast. Octavia was so inspiring to me because she has an amazing series that she's written and is planning to produce called The Matriarch. We're going to dig right into it on today's episode. So uh, without further ado, I'd love to welcome Octavia to the podcast. Welcome, Octavia. Hello. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We're excited to have you. So I know I just barely scratched the surface. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll dig into the matriarch. So hello guys, my name is Octavia Etheridge. I am a Marine veteran. Um, I went to LA Film School, got my bachelor's in uh, film production and business entertainment. Um, and now I'm doing my uh, big, you know, my independent film series out of college fresh out of college. And now I'm just, you know, trying to make the ropes, get these ropes turning and see what you guys love about it. See what you guys think about it. I love it. Well, I was inspired by you and your idea and your whole concept, but let me tell our listeners how we met. Cause it felt a little bit random to me. I don't know if you agree. Uh, we were both in this clubhouse room that was about um, film funding. And you spoke up at one point and I think you asked a question. And so you were able to talk a little bit about your, your project. And I think at that point was the very beginning of your crowdfunding campaign. So I jumped on cause it sounded intriguing to me as a feminist and in the filmmaking, independent filmmaking space. And I was so intrigued by what you got going on. Cause it's really mind blowing and really amazing. Uh, your whole world is uh, really like next level. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how I tracked you down. But I am just kind of laughing because I think I've only been on Clubhouse maybe like three times in my entire life. So uh, there you go. We make connections on Clubhouse. Who knew? All right. So let's dig in to The Matriarch, which I got so turned on by because I really want to live in this world. So tell us about it, Octavia. The Matriarch is my brain baby that's what i like to call it it's set in a sci-fi world um it's a world ran by women where men are fighting for their rights and also queer is the standard so being heterosexual is illegal um and pretty much the women are trying to you know eliminate the male species by by all means necessary which is a lot of things that are striking that it strikes a lot of conversations uh, but that was the whole point, you know, my whole thing was men and women, too much power from anyone could be, you know, too bad. It it could be Im a, a, a bit of an imbalance, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like, how did you get inspired by creating this? Uh, one of my favorite filmmakers is um, James Cameron. And um, everything that I think about, you know, I think of it like a business, you know, there's so many stories. There's like a million stories, right? And we're not going to reinvent the wheel. So there's so many stories. And the main thing is just like, how can I have a story that is somewhat the same kind of feel, but also different? So for me, it was more so what haven't we seen already? And I'm all about women empowerment. So my main thing was just like putting something that women and also 
Um, I love equality. So I didn't want to go for the race issue. I feel like it's overplayed. So I went more so with the um, sexuality and I wanted to make it where, all right, the homosexuals were in a place of power uh, or at least, you know, they have somewhat of a voice compared to, you know, the heterosexuals. So I kind of like wanted to, you know, flip the world upside down where women were in charge and men were second class citizens and also where homosexuality was normal. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everybody in the world is is straight, right? I mean, not straight, but gay, right? No, because even in this world, everybody's not um, straight. So in my world, I pretty much wanted to have it where women had the upper hand and also homosexuality was like a, a given. You know, it's one of those things that was accepted and nobody was bashing you because you were, you know, homosexual. So it's kind of like a place of like homosexuals have a voice and it also amplifies and give them a, a different spotlight because we don't no normally see um, homosexual people in like, you know, being assassins or like killers or any of that sort. So I wanted to give them a little bit of a different spotlight and a different uh, type of role in the industry. I love that. And I love what you said about you're flipping the world, our current world that we live in upside down. And I think in so many ways you did, both with women being in charge and homosexuals being on the higher scale of the hierarchy as um, compared to heterosexuals. So that's great. So why did you choose the sci-fi genre? Did you feel like that allowed you to explore these themes in a in a more innovative or creative way? Yeah, sci-fi. Well, for one, sci-fi is my favorite genre. I feel like with sci-fi, there's no there's no rules. You can make your own rules in sci-fi, right? In sci-fi, if I wanted, you know, to create pretty much anything, like my my imagination, it allows me room for imagination, I should say. Like because it's a sci-fi world and science fiction, it could be whatever. If I wanted horses to be in charge of donkeys, I can do that, you know? Uh, and I love, I just love sci-fi. I feel like with sci-fi, I know when people think of sci-fi, they think of like, you know, aliens or like some type of superpowers and stuff like that, but it, not necessarily like sci-fi can go so far. So I decided to go with sci-fi because at least it's science fiction. It's a fiction thing, right? But it's right. very, it, it's very intentional, I should say. Like everything that I do is intentional. It's not... It's, it's obviously we know it's fake, it's not real, but it's so intentional and it's, it's a message behind that, you know? Yeah, I think in so many cases, I believe sci-fi has been able to be on the cutting edge of societal situations and incorporating those themes, you know, like Star Trek had the first Black woman on screen, I think, on, on television. And I think it's because the audience is sort of ready to suspend their belief in what they feel is normal or normative, um, et cetera, even in, in our daily lives. So I think that's wonderful. And I love that you're able to tap into that um, genre to get really um, more um, innovative and inspirational with what you're working on. So super cool. Octavia, you were just mentioning James Cameron, and it really got me thinking, you know, obviously he's got so many uh, masterpieces, but Avatar is one of the, the most obvious. And that being an entirely different world in this kind of sci-fi slash fantasy genre, that kind of brings a little bit to mind what you're going for, because you're really going for an entire world, even multi-seasonal, you know, 
episodic journey and with with protagonist but multiple characters that really have their own arcs etc so in a way you really have to map out an entire new world and i know i know folks like james cameron and with avatar and um maybe game of thrones you know comes to mind some other episodic series really have to have an entire bible like to track and understand all the relationships between all the characters etc what is your process like how do you approach something as large as the matriarch I actually got a, uh, one of my favorite classes was transmedia. I have a transmedia packet that I use from school and it pretty much has everything layered out to how to build a story world. And that's kind of like what I do. I, you know, go from the, the rules, you know, like what people eat, you know, pretty much break down every tier that you can think of. I break it down. And that's, that takes some time. You know, the matriarch is one of the things that I created. I didn't want to make it too, like, diff- difficult, you know, like where, oh, they have this type of car or they have this type of animal. Like, I still wanted to somewhat be, you know, the same world that we live in. It's just a little bit different. And the technology is a little bit more advanced in some areas. So that's the only thing that I would say that was kind of, like, different from this world is, is some of the technology that I use throughout the series and also you know obviously like I said just flipping the rules of this world and making it different in that world and I think that was like the main conflict that I had with like creating this is like how is the legal system uh what happens if a man does this what happens if a woman does this so I still made it where it's kind of like the women are still in charge but I also made it to where you know, I didn't want to make it too unrealistic where there was just only homosexuals and not any, you know, heterosexuals. The world has only been like this for a hundred years. And the women are now trying to, now that they're in charge, they're trying to stay in charge. And how do you do that? You do that by making it somewhat impossible for procreation of of the world. So women having sex with men, you know, if we, if I feel like if, if today's society was, there was so many homosexuals, the, there will be more responsible for me, in my understanding, there will be not, there will be so many more responsible adults when it comes down to having children, because then at that point, like me as a homosexual, I'm not going to have a child if I'm not stable, you know, if I'm not ready, but with the heterosexual, it happens you know, slip-ups, mishaps happen. And we see so many kids that are, you know, going through so much because they was, the parents were not ready to have that child. But when in a homosexual world where they're forced to go to the sperm bank to have children, it's like, okay, I don't have the money to pay for sperm right now. And I also don't have the money or financially stable to have a child right now. So it makes it a little bit more difficult for us, you know, having kids without having, you know, the the, um, responsibility of having kids, you know. So I think that's the pro in my world is that there's not kids being born out of 
oh, I just had a one night stand and oh, now I'm pregnant, you know? So that eliminates that. But, and the people that are caught having heterosexual interactions and stuff like that, they're, they're uh, punished. You know, they go to jail. A woman goes to jail for having a child with a male without going to sperm bank. She goes to, she goes to prison for 15 years per child that she has, you know? So there's a lot of stipulations when it comes to it, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I was, my thought process was what's going to make people talk. What's going to make people think. And if the world was like this, how many children would be saved from suffering in homes that they're not wanted in? Yeah. Mm, yeah. As uh, my listeners know, of course, I'm a little bit of an abortion crusader. So I totally uh, dig what you're saying there. Um, yeah. Purposeful choice of having children. Gee, novel concept. Let's do that everywhere. And to your point, yeah, it would be great if I wish I were a lesbian, then I wouldn't have gotten knocked up when I did. And you know, have to deal with all the stupid dudes. But yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast episode, probably. <laughs> anyway, no, this is fantastic. Yeah, I'm so intrigued. I can't wait to see this. So is this an alternative world or an alternative timeline? Or is it set in the future in the hopes that we could eventually get there? You know, it's actually set in right now. I didn't want to give it like a timestamp because, well, for one, on a, let's say, for me being independent, right? Me doing it independently, I can't set it in the future. Only because I don't have the money for all this extra out technology and, you know, flying car. I'm pretty sure like 100 years from now, we're probably, gonna, they already have flying cars now. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be up in the air by that time. So there's like some dilemmas that I had because I'm doing it independently. But if I wasn't doing it independently, I would set it in like year 2100. You know, I would set it in the future. But because of me doing it independently, I set it to where it's now. It's just a reverse reality. And obviously none of the stuff, well, I can't say none of the stuff happened in the, in the past history, but for the past 100 years, things were different. And what I like about this is that I'm not focusing on racism you know I'm honestly tired of talking about racism and I feel like with what I love about being um homosexual is that we have so much freedom being homosexual and obviously I didn't want to make this show like a fantasy land you know where everything is like unicorns and everything is fine no I wanted to make it you know man versus woman and I wanted to make have that drama there but in reality, if it came down to it, it would be ball, it would be more ballrooms. It would be, you know, stupid, like, like shady stuff, like drama, a little small drama within a community. But if you ever go to like any type of pride, you go to a pride, everybody's just free. They're free to be who they are. They're free to wear who what they want to wear without having the patriarchal things of, oh, that's a man. He shouldn't be wearing that. Like, why is he wearing that? Or that's a woman. She should be dressed a certain way. She should have on a dress or, you know what I'm saying? Like stupid shit that patriarchal societies or like, you know, just that hierarchy, they just made things so kind of like, this is what a man should do. This is how a woman should be. And I hate that. But when you go to pride, you have a sense of, they call it pride for a reason. You know, I feel like pride has a lot of boldness. It has a lot of pride. I'm very prideful. I'm happy. I'm able to show who I am without hiding myself. And I feel when I go to pride events, I'm a little bit more free to be who I want to be. I don't have to worry about racism. We don't care about that. Mm -hmm. uh, when I go to 
homosexual clubs. I go to a, men, a men's bathroom. Women could go to a men's bathroom without having to worry about, oh my God, there's a pervert in the bathroom. Like, we don't think about that. We I know. Don't. But here, you have to think about that in this, in this society. And it's so like, ah, it's so different. I just, it's just different. It's very different. So, but yeah. yeah. That's, that's what that's, I want to I live in, uh, your world. <laughs> yeah, just, just be free. Be who you want to be. Nobody cares. It's just, in my world, in the matriarch world, the women are first-class citizens and men are second-class. That's the only difference. And obviously, you know, women are doing some bad things because they want to stay in power, but it is what it is, you know? I'm not saying that it's right because it's not right. What they're doing is not right. But also what we have been, you know, enforced to do in this in society that we are in now, it's not right either, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. So would you consider the matriarch to be uh, like a satire or, or, you know, there's, there's some commentary on our existing society to some degree, but would you call it, it's not really a comedy, right? So it's not exactly. It, it actually has, you know, it's funny. I made the matriarch so like open. It's, you have comic relief, you yeah. have drama, obviously, and you have crime. And obviously, sci-fi, if you want to add another genre in there. The Matriarch is everything except for horror. It even has some suspense. It has thriller. It's pretty much everything except for fantasy. Well, I can't even... I mean, you got fantasy in there. It's Yeah, it's like borderline. I feel like borderline. I, I guess you would say fantasy, but it's definitely not horror. It's not a horror, no but horror. I had to go very low with it. It's definitely like a crime and a thriller, I would say. Love it. Love it. And it's a series, right? So tell uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your con- your idea there to have it be a multi um, Yeah, so right now my goal was to obviously if I had the opportunity is to get it picked up by, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Stars, whoever, HBO or now they call it Mac. But as of right now, well, we're we're kind of like on a borderline like whether we want to just go ahead and just shoot at least 6 episodes. And then see where, you know, where the audience stands from there. Because they will be like short episodes. It'd be like webisodes, like 15, no more than 20 minutes max. But we're trying to shoot for 15 minutes an episode. And I feel like that's enough for people to be like, oh my God, we want to see this. We want to see more. Because obviously doing a whole season, that can cost, we're looking at just like 15 minute short film could be $20,000, you know. So we're going to treat it like a short film. So every 15 minute episode, we're going to try to do $20,000. But as you see, that's a lot of money. Six episodes. Come on. That's, that's, that's yeah. a lot of money, you know, but I feel like it definitely can, it, it definitely can work. It's just getting some, you know, financial support behind it will be the biggest thing. But um, we also have a spinoff series about the code, which are pretty much assassins who are contracted out by the government to keep the matriarch from, you know, like the Mexican cartel, the Italian mafia, African mafia. They're taking out any threat to the matriarch system. They're there to like kill them off pretty much. So they're like my female vigilantes who are pretty much females that have been like broken or like abused or, you know, molested, any of those things. They have killed someone and they use their they're being trained to use their power to fight against other villains and stuff like that. So they're female vigilantes. So are there any ethical or moral dilemmas or questions that your idea 
addresses and how do you know in general how how do you see it fitting in or challenging the status quo of sort of the mainstream that we talked about already society uh, yeah i think the main the, obviously the number one thing is women running the world and you know men pretty much being forced to give sperm in order to procreate and then we're also killing them off so it's kind of like that's one of the things they're like hmm that's very unethical you know like these women are asking men to do this but in in reality they're also doing this to to eliminate us you know they're being forced to do well i'm, I'm gonna say there's some people that are being forced uh which are that goes on in the you know the underground thing but then you have like the men that are hey in order for you to get five thousand dollars per sperm that you give you know here's you know they're pretty much given the op i mean that's that happens today too right to give sperm or eggs you get paid to do that you know you get paid to do it so in this world it's the same concept except for there are some men that are forced to do it. Um, and reality is the whole point is to eliminate them at the end of the day. But what they're doing, like I said, the people that they're forcing, they're forced to kill and kidnap are people, are men that are beating women or killing women or they're pedophiles. So it's not like they're just killing, you know, off innocent men. No, they're killing off people that are bad to society. And women don't want to use that sperm of a pedophile and pass that on to their other child, you know? So it's not, it's not a bad thing, but it's also not a good thing, you know? Right. But they're, uh, what's the word? They're culling the herd, right? They're getting rid of the bad sperm as part of the pool of the future procreation potential. Yeah, that's interesting. Very, very fascinating. I love it. I, yeah, it's just, I just love all your themes. You got a little bit of a sick mind, I think, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. Awesome. So for those podcast listeners who like aren't on the YouTube, uh, Octavia is a black woman. So this next question is more um, around both being black and being young and a lesbian. Uh, do you feel any any of those categories that you've you're lumped in um, give you any speci specific different challenges or or opportunities uniquely as a filmmaker for moving forward with a work of art like this? That's anti-patriarchy as it were um i think it's kind of like uh because it's such a sensitive topic but they did the same thing in um handmaid's tale they had it where women were being forced to have sex with these men who are married because their wife you know couldn't give birth to their child it's the same it's literally like this show is about everybody you know and i think the main thing is because I am black, it could be challenging. And also because I am, I feel like that's a good question. It's kind of hard to to say what it is that it would be because I feel like being black, there are also some limitations. There are a lot of limitations. Also being, you know, because of the topic of the project, it also makes people shy away. Like, mm, people not going to like this. They're not going to, you know, women taking charge, you know, because this is a world ran by by men and this will hurt men egos more than it would anybody else yeah, um, and and i think that's what the push that's where the pushback would be but i also want them to know like it's not just the women doing bad things the men are doing bad things as well they're doing the same thing that they were doing before you know there's human trafficking you got uh mrm which is men raising men they're 
you know, human trafficking women, forcing them, this is where the handmaid's tail part come in. They're forcing them to have sex with them. They're making them have male babies because they're taking a drug called crotine that produces Y chromosomes so that they are forced to have uh, men babies, right? So, well, male babies. So they're keeping these women around and they're pretty much using her as a cow or animal they're having sex with this person until they no longer can have kids anymore. And then when they no longer can produce any more kids, they kill them off, you know? So it's not like this is a show where the women are doing bad. The men are doing stuff as well because their whole thing is we want to take back over the world. We want to recreate the norm. In order to recreate the norm, we have to re re repopulate the, gener the uh, population, you know? And how are we going to do that? Well, the sperm farm is only allowing women, uh, girl babies to be, uh, you know, adopted or born. So how do we set that, that number back high again? Well, we got to do it ourselves. We got to rape women to force them to have male babies so that we can get back in power and take back over them. You know, so it's, again, this show is about, it's not just for women. It's not just for gay people. It's not, it's not just for straight people. It's for everyone. Everyone has a, it comes from everyone's standpoint uh, or point of view, black, white, Asian, whoever again this show is not about race it's literally about man versus woman and you're either you know either gender you know what i'm saying and for those that are not you know uh gender conforming they're you know they are they go by they or them um this is this is a show for everyone like i said you know so yeah that's that's pretty much that's pretty much, i feel like that's the best way to answer that question because i feel like is it's one of those things that like it's like a Hmm, this can either set me off to the right path that I want to go, or it can push back. But either way it goes, whatever is meant to meant to happen is meant to happen. And I'm totally okay with either one. I love, yeah, no, it's going to open a lot of doors for you, I'm sure. I will make this statement and hopefully it doesn't come back to haunt me. But yeah, any any anybody that pushes back on you, I feel like it sounds like you're really just taking the current themes and you're just flipping them upside down. Like we already have corrupt people. We already have rapists and pedophiles and, you know, all of the bad stuff uh, that happen in this world. And you're just kind of flipping it on its head. And so, like you said, you're not making the women some amazing gender in this case. They're corrupt and bad. And, you know, in a way, you're just basically saying that whoever's in power, power is sort of the evil that's corrupting and forcing people or, or making people make decisions or take chances that are illegal or corrupt or, you know, immoral, et cetera. And I think that's what we're seeing already just, just in the news today in this world. Absolutely. So on that note, but but it's cathartic, at least for me, because it is flipped on its head and it's so refreshing to at least imagine, um, even if it's imaginary, <laughs> a world where there is a different norm, a different gender norm um, and different, perhaps um, unethical or immoral practices that happen with respect to trying to procreate the race. That happens. That happens in this world. Um, yeah. in, all right. Well, thank you so much, Octavia. I can't wait to see the first episode and hopefully many more after that and multiple seasons to come. So we're all pulling for you. 
And we'll be sure to put links um, in the notes for, for this episode uh, to ways that they can support you as well and track your progress. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your inspiration and your amazing, kind of wacky, but, you know, wonderful mind and uh, intriguing uh, thoughts about how to make this um, project come to life. So we love to hear it and really, really pulling for this. Go the matriarch. Woo! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Octavia. Thank you so much. Stay hysterical, everybody. We are the universe. So beautiful. Through all of the hurt, we'll stand. Invincible. So beautiful. We'll take on the world. 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 We'll take on the world